Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of Silent Giants is brought to you by Ali. Ali, powered by Verizon locations, are developed by Verizon, the world's leading technology company. In collaboration with Ali, a membership-only community workspace for creators. Each location is a community curated powered by the emerging technologies and thought leadership of Verizon. With Ali, Verizon is bridging the gap between startup and corporation by helping the community workspace build next level ecosystems for entrepreneurs. And now, on to my interview with Jez Hill. I sacrificed everything, to be honest. Everything. I left a lot of things behind, um, pursuing my career, pursuing a dream. So I will say that. Yeah, yeah, check it out. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Uh, yeah. Everybody tuning in, you invited, you invited. No matter what mood you in, get excited, get excited. Everybody love the music, let me tell you how they do it. Whether writer or an agent, let me tell you how they made it. You are now talking to a silent giant. Wanna walk in their shoes, silent giants. Wanna study they moves, silent giants. Wanna know what they do, silent giants. Silent giants, y'all. Welcome to the Silent Giants Podcast, a podcast that highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. To keep up with the latest on the show, be sure to follow us on Instagram at, at Silent Giants Podcast. To keep up with my life, music, and more, be sure to follow me as well at, at Corey Cambridge. Today's special guest is fashion makeup artist Jez Hill. Jez has done makeup for top publications and brands like Elle, Bazaar, L'Oreal, Lee, and more. I stopped by her bedside apartment and chatted about her upbringing in Argentina, her early career as a chef, moving to NYC, how she got into makeup, building her clientele, and a whole lot more. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to the makeup artist, creative entrepreneur, my friend, the silent giant, Jess Hill. One, two. Let me get some levels from you. One, two, one, two. Oh, you sound great. <laughs> sound great. So we're, we're going to get right into it. Ready? Yeah. What's up, Jazz? How are you? Good. How are you? Yo, I can't complain. It feels nice to be in your apartment. It's really, really nice. Very well lit. Thank you. It's, it's kind of how, would, like, how I would picture your apartment to be. Yeah. Yeah. Clean, simple. Clean, simple, well lit. <laughs> Thank you. I like it as well. How long have you been uh, in, in this apartment? Uh, almost two years. Oh, so you're like, like your home now. Yeah. You think you'll stay home for like another year? Mm, yeah, I think so. Maybe a little bit longer. It's a rent control building. so Oh, you're going to be here forever. <laughs> you can never leave. No. <laughs> that's like once you find that in New York, that's at least a decade. Yeah. yeah or at yeah. least till you leave. Until maybe I leave to a bigger house. Oh, a bigger house. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah. that's in the plan. <laughs> <laughs> Would you plan on, on staying in New York City? Yeah. For, for, for a while? For a while. Yeah, I can't see myself going back oh. to Argentina, where I'm from. Oh, where in uh, Argentina? Are you Buenos from? Aires. Oh, the home of the tango. 
the home of the tango, yes. yes. Well, some people uh, say that the home of the tango is New York. Oh, no, no wait. Hold I got on. confused. <laughs> I, was, I got confused Hold with on. salsa. No, salsa is. <laughs> salsa it is. Oh, there's no way the tango yeah, no, was no, no, in the no. Bronx. No <laughs> <It> way. <laughs> no, I got confused with salsa. Salsa born in, uh, was born in New York. Really? Yeah. Did not I, know that. But I don't know the whole thing. You have to research. When I was, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess maybe I was in middle school, I did a project. You know, in school, we have to do those big projects that, you, you know, that define like your, your whole semester. Mm-hmm. So my project was on Argentina. Oh. And so that's how I know about the tango. And then uh, it's also a big uh, fish economy. Like a lot of fishing, I hear, in Buenos Aires. Yeah, a lot of fishing, for sure. But they have, I mean, it's we're well known for the steak, even though I'm vegan. I shouldn't say this. For steak? <laughs> yes. Oh, also. Steak, uh, barbecue, like like all the like meat. Also, you're we're Malbec. well known for meat. Malbec as well, yeah. You're wine. a Malbec fan? I, I, that's all I drink. Of course. <laughs> I don't drink anything but Malbec. That's all I drink. Yeah, like why? why is Argentina known for like Malbec? Like it's like the only place where when you go into the store and you're like, oh, let me get a Malbec. It's always from Argentina. Mm, I mean, like in Argentina, a lot of like people drink either Malbec or beer as well. A lot of people drink beer, but I don't know. It's part of our culture. Like the, like I said, the barbecue, like you you have meat and then you have wine. Okay. Or you have pasta on the Sundays with wine. Like, I don't know. We're kind of like Italians as well. But in Argentina, okay, like we have Italian roots. Like a lot of people are, come from Italian uh, families, so I don't know. We also have like part of the European traditions. Right, I, I noticed that about uh, like my Argentinian friends that there is a different. Like where I'm in DR, it definitely feels like I'm around like Black Americans. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. DR mm-hmm. feels like yo, what's up, Shouty? Like they, they just understand <laughs> the lingo a bit. But then Argentina has a very European feel. Like why is that? Well, because after the Second War, a lot of people moved to Argentina. Okay. And so we have a lot of European uh, people there. They also look more European. like. Mm, yeah, it depends where, in which part of... The, in Buenos Aires, for sure, we have like a lot of families that are like mainly that are in Buenos Aires. But if you go to the north of the country, people look different, totally different. Because uh, where is your family from, like your family heritage from Europe? My family, yes, like from my mom's side is Spain, Spanish, and from my dad, it's English and Arabian. Arabian or Arab? Uh, Arabian. Arabian. Yeah. 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 That goes. Yeah. So like how how did they move to Argentina? Like how'd that happen? Well, um, this is like three generations before me. Oh, damn. So my my, my mom and dad, they are Argentinians. But um, from my dad's side, my um, it will be grand grand grandfather. Okay. I don't know how do you call it. Uh, he moved with his family and they started the sugar industry. Yeah. In the country, and so they were a very yeah they were a rich family. And then one day they were hunting, and my grand grandfather killed his cousin by mistake. And, oh shit! Yeah, and then they they asked him to leave the family. They gave him some properties and uh, the exile. That was yeah, yeah. But he he didn't want anything. So now that's the reason why my family is poor. <laughs> <laughs> like, he didn't ac- he didn't accept any of the the properties and everything they gave him. So yeah, that's a, a crazy story. And what do your parents do? Uh, so my mom is a um, housewife. 
And my dad, it's uh, he's been in in uh, in sports, like okay. a sport teacher. Okay, yeah. For a long time, and he started his own um, building company for like like uh, like not not big buildings, but like small uh, constructions. Okay. Uh, like maybe like five years ago. Okay. And he was a photographer when he was younger, like not as a hobby, not not a professional photographer, but he's been in that industry for a while. Um, I don't know. My father is like kind of like me that he always like he can change any moment, like maybe in five years he's doing something else. Um, and I say that because before I was a makeup artist, I was doing uh, I was a cook. So, oh, get out. Yeah. So I, I, I had two careers so far. Maybe I'll have a third one. Soon, I don't know. Well, so what, what type of uh, cuisine did you prepare? French. Uh, how'd you get I into? I started what doing it... French. Well, when I when I finished high school, I I really hated high school. I was the ho- a horrible student. I I really hated it with all my heart. It was like a torture for me going to school. And when I when I when I finished, I asked my mom like I want to have one year off, like to really figure out what what I want to do because I didn't have any idea. I all I all I knew is that I would like it. I like to do. Uh, things with my hands and being creative. I always been drawing and painting. That's all I did when I was a teenager. Um, so, but I want. I don't. I didn't want to be like a starving artist. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I was like, let's see what can I do that it's creative and that I, that will allow me to work and make money as well. But I I also have always had like an interest in, in making my own money and being independent. So that's why I started with. Um, uh, uh, cuisine. Yeah. Uh, did like, you go into like cooking. culinary school? Yeah. Oh, for a year. Um, there is this chef uh, that is very well known in Argentina. It's called the, his, um, the Gato Umas. He's okay. dead now. But uh, I went to his school for almost, yeah, over a year. And then I started working right away. And, and at the same time, I was going to art school, like to keep like painting and drawing and everything. And what was it like being uh, uh, working in a kitchen? exhausting <laughs> yeah, it was... know, I, i've done restaurant hustles like while i've been here in new york and the chef and working on the on the line is like one of the hardest jobs and also strenuous on hours like you you might get there at three o'clock but you won't leave till you know way after the restaurant closes you have to clean up everything and all that yeah exactly and i always did the night shifts so it's like you say you go there at 3 p.m and then you don't leave maybe like you have to, and also I was in the sweet uh, part of the, like in the dessert part of the kitchen. So I was the last one to leave. So maybe I will leave like at 2, 3 a.m. It was crazy. I was exhausted. How, how does culinary school work as far as do you go there and say, like, okay, I want to like study French cuisine or I want to study Italian cuisine or is it kind of all? So in the school that I was uh, learning, they, they teach you French cuisine and then they teach you like, like maybe eight, some of Asian, some of Mexican, but the the main uh, the main thing was French cuisine in this school. But there are other schools that you can go and like learn about Japanese food or. Um, but French French cuisine is like the mother of all of them, so that's why they always teach you first that, and then you can do the rest. And I mean, it depends also in the culture that you're growing in. Like I said, Argentina is very European, so we were learning more about French cuisine. Okay. 
um, yeah, so it was great. It was a very good experience, but it was exhausted, exhausting. That's why I left <laughs> and I started my uh, my second career. Yeah, how many years did you uh, pursue culinary? Well, I think it was like four years. Okay. Maybe I was working in restaurants for two years and then I opened my own b little business with a friend. We were very young at the time, uh, but we were doing catering service for parties. Okay. So we did two more years of that and we were very, very young and we didn't really know how to uh, do the administration part of the of the project. So we had to <laughs> quit and do something else because we weren't making any money. Okay. I mean, we were doing we were doing a good job for our clients, but we weren't making any money. But it was great. It was we learned a lot. Um, How did because you're doing culinary and then you're working on art. Where did the idea to do makeup and cosmetology come from? Well, makeup for me is an extension of like drawing and painting, but it's a different canvas. So it's in a face instead of being on paper or being on, uh, yeah, like a, like a different canvas. So um, for me, it's an extension of that. And at the same time, like I said before, I like, I, I'm, I like art and I love being creative, but I, I also like uh, the business part. So in makeup, I found that I could be creative and like be living in a fashion in fashion industry and art industry, and at the same time making money. Mm. You know what I mean? And being independent—that for me it's very important. I've been working by myself for almost maybe like eleven years oh, wow. or more. Yeah, I would say eleven or twelve years. So for me, being independent is very important, and it, makeup allows me to be a freelance. Well, this interview is in particularly a. Because uh, you're the first makeup artist I've ever interviewed uh, on Talent Giants. But I come from, uh, my mom's a makeup artist and a hairstylist. I so I grew up in that world. So I have a, a strong appreciation for the work that goes into cosmetology and being your own boss and also being creative. My mom's very creative as well. She's like, mm -hmm. she draws and she paints and it all kind of goes into the same thing you were talking about. Do you ever miss the camaraderie that comes with the kitchen versus working a little bit more alone? No. No, no, no. And also uh, in this industry, I have the opportunity of working in teams a lot of times. Like we do shows or we do big shoots that we have like maybe 20 models and we need like some more people to work with. And I'm always working with people around me. So I, I really don't don't miss that at all. No, no. <laughs> it, it was fun and I love cooking. I still cook, but for myself or for friends. But uh, no, I, I will never go back to that industry. It's crazy. It's, it's amazing, but it wasn't for me. It's like a lot of work. You have to be very passionate about it to accept all the things that comes with it because it's it's really like physically exhausting. Like you finish and it's like a truck went like... Just hit you or ran hit over you. Yeah. Yes. So, so no, no, I don't miss that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what was the uh, the light? Was there a light bulb moment in your life where you knew it was going to be cosmetology for you mm. and where did the interest start no so i so i was like i said i was doing this business with my friend and then we finished that and i started doing my own business that i did it like for maybe like a year over a year but i was i, I, I after a while i was bored so um, I was like, okay, I just need to do something because I was working from home and it's very hard to work from home because then you are totally by yourself. Yeah. When you're working in, on set, you're always with people. It always is different. You can travel, you can do things. But I was working in my little office at my in my house and I was getting bored and it wasn't really what I wanted to do. So then I, I thought about going back to something more creative and uh, 
I, I knew that I didn't want to work cooking. So that's why I, I thought about makeup. And makeup was something that when I was younger, I would approach it more like in the creative, like more like uh, for theater or movies. But what then when when I decided going to do makeup, I was I was more interested in fashion by the time. Okay. So yeah, that's how I started. Like I I, I never like I never have like a wow mo like a ha moment that I'm like okay this is one. I always like just like flow with things mm -hmm. and see what's going to happen. It was kind of when I moved to New York. I, I was like okay I was on vacation here and I was like okay I'm moving to New York and then I just moved to New York. Like I don't plan things because if I plan things and I think in too much then I'm not going to do it you know what I mean for my personality uh how long did uh how'd you get your first clients initially um so I went to school for a year I went to two different schools for makeup for a year and I didn't wait until the end I started working right away because I was like anxious to like start doing my building my portfolio and everything so I had a friend that was a photographer at the time and she was also starting so we started doing like little like photo shoots and building the portfolio and once we had something to show to clients we started using Facebook at the time Instagram wasn't on the on the Um, on the scene on the scene so we were using facebook pages and everything and websites um and what i did that it was very helpful for me it was opening the magazines because instagram uh, didn't exist so i will open the magazines see the editorials and look for the credits and then i will find the photographer and the stylist and the producer i will make a list of all these people and then find them uh, in facebook or find their websites and then email each of them saying hey i like your work i want to collaborate with you I, i will never ask for anything i will say that i will always compliment their work and say that i would love to collaborate with them and that's it um and that's why how, how i started like 300 emails and then maybe two responses and that's how i started and this was back in argentina this is back in argentina eight years ago uh how did you make the move uh to new york and and why that move So I was in uh, on vacation. Well, actually, the story starts before that. I I broke up with my ex boyfriend after seven years. Always starts off with a breakup. <laughs> always, always. The so breakup. why did you move? Oh, so I was with this guy. <laughs> Everything I, starts with this guy. Like I moved to New York for the same reason. Yeah. Well, it, once again, like fifty fifty. Like mm -hmm. definitely leaving this person uh, added to my. Uh, it was my gas in my car to get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good incentive. Um, yeah, so yeah, we broke up after seven years. It was a horrible breakup. So I was heartbroken and I came on vacation for 10 days. At the moment, I had a friend that was living here. She's not here anymore. Um, so I stayed with her for 10 days and I fell in love with the city. It was my first time in New York. Uh, and I just decided to move. And then I went back to Argentina, packed my things. And after, well, I took a year because I had like my apartment, my dog, my like work to do and I didn't have money. So I just like went there for a year and then I came back and I didn't think about it. I didn't think about the visa. I didn't think about anything. I was like, I'm just moving. I have six months to figure it out because I had a tourist visa at the moment. So head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. 
every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Oh, yeah, I came here and then I started talking with a lawyer, doing it my own one, and, and yeah, everything started there. What was it about New York that attracted you? Well, what I like the most is that it's like so diverse and you can learn from different people and cultures all the time. Like it's not boring and it, like one every day is different and there is a lot of culture everywhere. Um, and for my industry, it's one of the best places to be. So that's why I loved about New York and that's why why I moved. Uh, and so you, you get here uh, to New York. Where'd you move to? So first time, so I didn't really know anything about like Brooklyn or or uh, the, the areas. So I researched it and I found that Williamsburg was like, the place the happening spot. The, yeah they happening spot. <laughs> so i rented a, a airbnb for a week okay. to figure it out so i was on north seven and bedford oh you like, were right there in like yeah. disney world yeah yeah so i stayed there for a week because i didn't have a lot of money i couldn't afford staying for like a long time so i stayed there for a week just to figure it out and then i went to san diego for two months because i was dating a guy at the moment that he lived there so i stayed there for two months and then i came back and moved to sunset park <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> Super far away, um, but I found I had my roommate there for a year. At the moment, they didn't speak English. Which Sunset Park is? No one speaks English, really. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. They're all Latin, uh, but I didn't speak English at all. And my my friend Kevin, that uh, was my roommate. Wait, now so you friend. moved here, you didn't speak English. I mean, I will. I can. I could understand, but I couldn't communicate because I never had to in Argentina, and, and wow. so. Yeah, and I, like I said, I was horrible at school, so I will never pay attention or whatever. Like all the all the English I knew, it was because of movies and listening to music, so I could understand, but I couldn't speak at all. So when I came, when I moved there, my friend Kevin was helping me with my English, and he he asked me like, "Do you want me to help you and like let you know when you're saying things wrong?" And I was like, "Yes, please." So he helped me a lot with that. So I stayed there for a year. And then I moved to my second apartment in Bushwick, uh, that it's three blocks away, uh, with two roommates. And then I moved here. Uh, and when you got to the city, was it easy for you to find work initially? Well, the good thing is that I already had 
four years in the industry. So I had my portfolio, I had a portfolio and things to show to people. It wasn't like I was just big, uh, starting. Okay. Um, but it was hard because New York has a totally different vibe and a totally different style. So what I was doing there wasn't really good for New York. So I, I had to like start then starting collaborating with people and like change my style a little bit, which is uh, amazing when I look back because it's so different when I, of what I was doing before. Uh, so at the beginning, yes, it was hard because I don't know, you don't have I didn't have any connections at all. So the thing, the, the same thing that I was doing with magazines when I, I, I first started, I started doing with Instagram. So I will use Instagram as a platform to like get connections so i will like do a list of all the photographers and 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 stylists and makeup artists and people that i would like to start working with and again sending emails and emails and emails and maybe having one or two like responses and it was little by little to be honest uh, you mentioned style uh what where was the big difference between the style in argentina versus the style in new york well the style in new york is like it depends uh, in which industry you are, but in fashion, it's uh, it's very clean, it's very modern. Um, if, if we're talking about creative, it's different because you can do whatever you want. But when it comes to high fashion uh, and things that you see uh, in Instagram, like it's all clean and uh, the skin is very, very natural. Like in Argentina, when I was there, it was a different style. It was a little bit more glam. And okay. now it, glam is not in the scene in New York at all. It's, like, it's all about clean. Very minimal. Uh, very minimal makeup. So, um, yeah, what I was doing, it wasn't good enough for here. And also, like, if I look, now I've been doing makeup for eight years and just because of a matter of um, practice, of course, my, my, my technique and my style, everything is better. When I look back to my, my old portfolio, I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> But uh, I guess it's part of the process. Uh, what were some of the early mistakes that you made um, that you weren't really prepared for when you moved uh, to New York? Because I always say even with doing music, uh, coming from not New York, uh, typically you're making things with your friends. Mm -hmm. Right. So I have a friend who makes music. Yo, let's make music. Or you had a friend who uh, was a photographer who was just starting out. And so you kind of have this natural bond of like, we know each other. It's not really industry. Like, mm -hmm. you're my homegirl. You're my <laughs> homeboy. Uh, but how did you make that transition? Um, what, what mistakes did you make as far as um, breaking into the scene initially that you weren't prepared for? Um, I will say, I, I can't think about like mistakes really. But maybe, like I said, I wasn't prepared to this industry, this the, the industry in New York is huge, and people are. It's very competitive industry, so everyone is like top in their game. So when I came here, I I don't think I was prepared for that, and I had like it took me two years to get myself in the industry and like starting um, working consistently. So I don't think it's mistakes, but I I, I don't think I was uh, ready. So it took me two years to figure it out. But I don't. I can't think about mistakes. Maybe my kit wasn't prepared. <laughs> Your what? Your kit? My, my kit, my makeup kit, like all my the products that I had. This like I didn't have like the brands. I didn't. I couldn't um, have access to a lot of brands that we can find here. So maybe my kit was a little bit lame at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that. Um, and then yeah, then I can't think about mis like really mistakes. Uh, no. how, how do you I do think it's a process I don't think about mistakes I think it's a, a learning process 
Oh, what about like what about the you mentioned your kit? Like what goes into making a good kit as a professional makeup artist? Like, I don't come from that world. Well, the I'm I'm a mini like you can see in my house. I like very minimal. I don't like to have like a ton of things in my house. I don't like to have a ton of things in my kit either. I'm very practical and I like to mix things to create other products. Okay. So, and I, I and also, I mean, you, even though I can take an Uber or whatever, I don't want to have like two huge bags and like walk around the city with my bags. So I have a, a very compact and small kit. Uh, but the thing is that you have to, you need quality products. Like, Especially if you're doing something on set, you can always touch up. But if you're doing uh, makeup for a client, you want the makeup to last until they go to bed. So for that, you need like the best products you can find. So I didn't have access, like I said before, I didn't have access to a lot of brands in Argentina because it's not there. It's not in our market. Yeah. So when I came here, I was like, oh, I I need like to put a lot of money in and, and it's very expensive. Like products are very expensive. And when I came here, I didn't have no money. I have no money. So it was like, okay, I need to like make money to, to have these products to make money. So, um, yeah. Oh, where do you find, um, your products now? Like what are your products that you use? Well, the brands. Yeah. Um, I have, tons of different products in my brand because i'm not a i'm not an ambassador for certain brands so i can is, is that a I, thing I have where the freedom is that a thing yeah. where makeup artists are like sponsored and... sometimes you have like one sponsor or you work for a brand so it all you can use and name it's that brand but gotcha. i'm not i'm not i have i have some i'm an ambassador for certain brands but i don't have exclusivity so i can use whatever i want okay um but there is a there are Three brands that I will say that are like the, the, the ones that you can see most in my kit. It's Makeup Forever, Creolan, that it's a German brand. It's not very well known in the US, but it's a, it's a very good brand. Um, and um, I have Mac as well. Okay. So those three brands is what you can see the most. Uh, was there, uh, what was your first job um, in New York where... You were like, holy shit, this is this is me living my dreams. It's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that job? And can you tell me the story of, of that? So there was a very important job for me uh, that it was actually, I think it was the second day that when I when I came to New York, I met this girl that it was the assistant. The sec your second day? Yeah, the second day that I that I was in New York. I met this girl that it's um an assistant of this eat girl influencer uh, blogger girl that it's very well known in Argentina and she's been living here for 10, 10 years. Um, and she called me freaking out because this girl had like a, uh, like a treatment laser treatment in her face. Okay. And she was like, okay, we, uh, my boss has like her face is fucked up <laughs> and she has an event for Alexander McQueen that she's hosting and she needs, she needs a makeup artist last minute. So can you do it? So it was like, oh my God, it's my second day in New York. I have to do this huge job for this girl. And she had like, her face was like full of like spots and it was crazy. So um, when I did that, I was super happy for, it was very important for me because she, first first of all, she's famous in Argentina. So it was like, okay, I'm working with this Argentinian girl from New York, it's, it's great. And she's also well known in fashion industry. So 
So um, yeah, that was a big a, a big job that I always remember because I've been working with her for four years and I, we keep working together. Now we're going to do a campaign in Dubai. So for me, it's very like, I always have it in my heart. And then the second one, I will say it's, it was for Fashion Week when I did my first show. Uh, so I was like, okay, this was in my list of the things that I wanted to do in New York. I, w- I wanted to like land in Fashion Week and that was like a big moment for me as well. Uh, you have, uh, obviously you are extremely talented at what you do. Um, but what other things make you a good person to work with? Like what makes, you know, obviously anyone can rap or anyone can sing or play basketball, but there are other things that make that person successful. What other things make you successful? Well, for me, it's a combination of things. It's not about your artistry. It's obviously you have to be talented, but uh, people want to call you. They call you again because they have fun with you and they they like you. So for me, personality is uh, very important, especially when you're on set for 12 hours. You want to have fun with people. So personality is very important. And of course, being professional, being on time. Um, but yeah, I think personality is a very big part of uh, being a good makeup artist or a good stylist or a whatever a good singer like if people like you they will they want to hang hang out with you and they will call you again so personality i think it's very important on the you're a creative but you're also a creative professional and a Mm -hmm. creative entrepreneur so on the business side um like what are some things that you have learned uh throughout your career as far as handling business as far as dealing with clients like do you invoice like what is the how does that even work the professional aspect of well in my okay. case, I've been freelancing for a long time and I don't have an agency that I don't have an agent that does everything for me. Yeah. So, yes, I have to do my own invoices. I have to do my own networking. Um, I have to be organized. But like I said, I've been freelancing and working by myself for almost 12 years. So I'm, I have my my system that works i'm not like super I, I don't i wouldn't say that i'm the the best at having discipline with certain things sometimes a little bit i'm a little bit messy especially when i'm like working a lot and i don't have time i, I wouldn't send my invoice right away um but i have like i have like a structure that i that i always follow um and i feel like being organized in your own way, like in everyone, everyone has their own ways. But being organized, if you're freelancing, is very important. I mean, you need you need to get things done in order to keep working. Otherwise, if you if you don't send an, an invoice, for instance, for a client, uh, or you send your invoice like three months later, they're 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 not going to like you very much. Yeah. So that's also important. Like you do your work in set, and then then you have to send the invoice. You have to like have co- good communications, respond your emails right away. Um, yeah, you have to be your own agent, so you have to be on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who is the person? Let's say you're doing um, a fashion shoot for L'Oreal. Who is the the job title of the person who calls you? The producer. The producer. So the producer is the person who books jazz for gigs like that. Yeah. In general, the producer for big brands is always the producer. Uh, but sometimes the photographer or the stylist can uh, suggest a makeup okay. artist or a hairdresser that they always work with or they like to work with. Uh, but yeah, in general, it's producer. Okay. What are some things you would uh, give advice to um, aspiring makeup artists? Like what advice would you give them? Um, 
I will say that's a good question. <laughs> I have to think about that one. I had to think about it too. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I will say that um, if you if people that want to work in this industry, not only makeup artists, um, like like I said before, being being having a good personality, uh, it's very important. Being professional, being on time, those things really really matter when it comes to work uh, on set, uh, and then work in your artistry and your creativity, of course. But um, some I, I, I'm saying this because I know a lot of artists that they're amazing and they're super creative. But then when it comes to being like sending invoices or responding emails or uh, being professionals, they're, they, they're, they, they're missing that part. So being creative, it's great. Like we all want to be creative and have fun, but then you have to be, uh, be professional as well and like take care of the business part. So I will say that pay attention to both and then have a great personality. Uh, at the end of every interview, I ask every talent giant the same question. And so uh, everyone that I've interviewed has a certain uh, gene of greatness. Uh, they're always pursuing greatness. They have a strong work ethic, uh, strong discipline, and um, they're always working. They always say that none of the talent giants that I've interviewed will ever retire. <laughs> like I put in 30 years in makeup. I'm, I'm hanging it up. They're still doing it. Yeah. Um, what have you sacrificed uh, to be great? Well, I will say moving to New York made me sacrifice my family, my friends. <laughs> I mean, I made my new family and friends here, but I sacrificed everything, to be honest. everything. I left a lot of things behind, um, pursuing my career, pursuing a dream. So I will say that. <laughs> yes, I haven't seen my family in four years. I'm going to... Uh, Argentina in December for the first time in four years. Oh, that's exciting. So it's, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. I'm very nervous. <laughs> Going back again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I will say that, yes, I, I sacrificed my family and my friends that it's the biggest thing for me, I think. Wow. Yeah. But Jess, well, you know, how do we, uh, how do we find you? How do we find you online? Give me, give me your Instagram. Give it's, me your uh, website. Jess Hill and my Instagram is Jess Hill and my website is JessHill.com. So with C's. Cool. With two C's. We'll have that in the details. <laughs> Jazz, you're the best. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Congrats. It was super fun. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you all so much again for tuning in to another episode of Silent Giants and to our special guest, Jazz Hill. Be sure to follow Jazz on Instagram by hitting the link in the description of this episode. This episode has been mixed by Mark Bird. And before we get out of here, be sure to check out my other podcast, OPP. Other People's Podcast highlights my favorite podcasters and the dope shows they created. I have the link provided for you in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge, signing off. Till next time.